But it's the only way you're ever gonna learn You look back and it's all in the past I'm dwelling on the thoughts I cannot say to you If I don't say the words that maybe it's not Good evening, welcome to NUFC Matters with me, Steve Ray. That is the Three Amigos, the perfect way to kickstart your Newcastle United weekend. And as oh. always, I'm joined by Mitch, Steve Hasty, and George. Uh, good evening, lads. Good evening, Hello, everybody. Good to see you all. And uh, been a busy week this week, and it's only going to get busier as we approach uh, the festive period in December. Uh, we've got games, three games a week, uh, pretty much up until the, uh, the later part of uh, November. Uh, with the Champions League involvement and and hopefully uh, after next week we will still have an involvement in the Carabao Cup and that'll be a story to tell if we can beat Manchester City next week. I'm sure we'll be looking ahead uh, to all of that later plus a smattering of all your your usual favourites. Uh, welcome to Jennifer Fox uh, who's become a YouTube member as well. Thank you for joining and as always we will try to come to as many of your uh, questions um, that you put in the chat and um, where do we start? Well, because we didn't have a Geordie's here, Geordie's there um, after the Champions League, I think we can start with uh, how the guys felt we fared in Milan because uh, it was a trip to the San Siro, uh, somewhere where we remain unbeaten. Uh, four four thousand Geordies made the uh, the trip inside the stadium. A hell of a lot more went just for the uh, the drink and the sliding along on their bellies outside uh, the canals. But um, as always, uh, a great trip looks like it was had by all. Uh, as for the team, well, building on the the one nil win against Brentford. Uh, they came back with a very credible nil-nil draw. Clean sheet, of course, and uh, just a chance, really, to uh, to announce themselves back on the European stage after twenty odd years. So, Mitch, give us your give us your feelings after that uh, Champions League. The games the game's gone now. The dust has settled. We've heard Eddie Howe's press conference today. What did you make of that uh, that performance in Milan? My glass remains half full. A creditable point away at Milan. When lots of people were telling well, how bad what European campaign was going to be and how badly we were going to get stuffed, um, I think we came away uh, looking with a reasonable performance. We looked like a team who were finding their feet back in the Champions League, to me. Um, and I think we all know there's more in the locker than that. If you if you add up from an attacking point of view, I think we have more in the locker than that. Um, so for me, I think we're at the point where we take the point. You you always take a point away from home, no matter where you are. But certainly take a point away from home in Milan, um, and a clean sheet, which can do nothing but add confidence. Um, and defensively, I think there was some really creditable displays came out of that defensively. But as I say, I think we'll look at the performance and know, yeah, there's probably more in the locker. Yeah, we'll probably look a little, I don't want to say starstruck or stage struck, but it just will look like we were still getting used to the fact that we were in the Champions League and it was real. Um, I think that lovely shot of Jacob Murphy just before kickoff, who was having a moment, having a real moment. And you add to that three Geordies in the start playing up as well. Um, 
there's a lot more to come. And I think we take the point, um, take the positives away with it, um, and try not to be too down on it. I think, I think some of the press have been very down on it. I think uh, some of the comments from other supporters, they can shove them right up their own hoops. It, 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 all I care about is Newcastle United, and I think we come away from the San Siro with a creditable point and a good start to our Champions League campaign. And we know we've got more in the locker and we know there's more to come. Interesting, Steve. Your take on uh, the, the game in Milan, it was uh, it was a positive for me. A clean sheet again. And uh, Nick Pope certainly earning his wages uh, in that first half. But the second half, I, I, I felt, well, end of the first half, start of the second half. Newcastle, I think, came into it and uh, could have snatched it in the end. Yeah, I mean, it was always a case of what was going on with with Milan. I mean, they made a, they made a substitution right at the start of the second half, which I think... Uh, unbalanced him, took the captain off. He had been booked and he'd been remonstrating with the referee over some of the decisions that the referee had made. And I think that unsettled them a little bit, uh, but it played into our hands. I thought that uh, I thought in the second half, we really, really got uh, got a handle on where we wanted and how we wanted to play. In the first half, it was very much a backs against the wall. You know, I mean, let's face it, we were playing the team that got into the semi-finals of this competition last season. You know, so there were no mugs. Um, we might have taken one of their midfielders off them, but you know they've 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 dipped into the transfer market and they've got a they've got a great squad um, of players, and uh, Newcastle had to respect that. But at the same time, they didn't have to be overawed. I think they just needed to find their feet in the first half and get an idea of exactly uh, how they were going to play, um, how Madrid, uh, how Milan were were going to were going to face up to them, um, and I thought that we got it right. And uh, I thought that. As the game went on, I thought we were the we were the more likely of the teams to uh, to, to come away with something. Uh, the shot at the end from from uh, John Longstaff, Longstaff. Was, was a tremendous effort. Uh, great save by the goalkeeper. I think if it had gone another sort of yard to the to the side, and I don't think the goalkeeper got his hands on it, and I think it would have nestled in the back of the net. Um, but uh, it just goes to show that how much the confidence built. I think also Eddie sort of when he shuffled the pack in the second half and he made his substitutions. Something that I've been critical of him uh, about uh, in terms of his game management, um, but I think this was the game where you know he kind of got it right. Um, you know he spotted when players were were uh, were struggling. He spotted when they were when they were tiring. Um, he he made the substitution of Tenali soon as um, Loftus Cheek went down injured. Um, and I thought that was very sensible because there was quite a little battle going on there and they had the match of each other. Um, and I don't think Eddie necessarily wanted to throw someone on and, and have another goat off this cheek. But once he, once he was injured, I think that was a case of, you know what, I can bring I can bring Tenali off now because uh, that, that little duel that's been taking place is now going to end. Uh, and let's face it, Tenali was blown out of his backside at that point, wasn't he, as well? Um, but, no, I mean, we've got to be delighted. You know, first venture into Europe for 20 years and we'll come away with a point and sets us up nicely uh, for a couple of weeks' time when uh, PSG arrived at St James's Park. So, George, back in the Champions League, the fans, uh, the fans were a credit as well to the club. Let's not forget yeah. the fans who travelled out there, and uh, it was unfortunate to see one one person attacked. And um, luckily, he's back home, safe in the heart of his family, and it hasn't put him off travelling to Dortmund and PSG. Uh, but let's not let's not look at the negatives. Let's look at the positives. Newcastle conducted themselves wonderfully off the pitch and brilliantly on the pitch. I felt. I think you're absolutely right, Stephen. 
if you think um, I had lots of smiles about the thing on Tuesday, um, remember I'm starting my 77th year as a Newcastle supporter um, when I saw my first game. And I could just imagine my father, who hitchhiked to Wembley to see cup finals, trying to find his way to bloody Milan. He'd have found some way of getting there. He wouldn't have paid, but he would have got there. And all of that was running through my mind. I thought, it would, and, and all the uh, excitement of the previous European visits and the Fairs Cup and all the things that people said when we got into the Fairs Cup and other things, oh, you're, you're going to get a shellacking and all the rest of it. Well, it all came back again, and we didn't. And we weren't, it didn't even look like we would. I, there's so many positives. I, I, you'll have to shut us up eventually, Steve. Um, <laughs> seriously, um, when you look at some of, the, some of the players who were not just good, but were outstanding, if there's a better centre-back in Europe than Botman at the moment, I haven't seen him, he was as cool as Cucumber, ice cold. And, and in that atmosphere... Um, Absolutely magnificent. Um, and the other positives, three Geordies in the team, absolutely super. And one of them, for my, my uh, estimation, close to, to a man of the match for me, Sean Longstaff. He was everywhere. He did everything. And as Steve rightly says, with a little bit of luck, that shot at the end would have went in instead of over the top of the bar. Yeah, the stats do stack up to a defensive uh, um, game for us. Why not? We're, we're on their pitch. We're playing on their on their midden, uh, and uh, if that's how it's got to be, we've got to be able to do that. And we demonstrated it the other on Tuesday night that we can do that, but break with a break effectively to worry them as well. I mean, their, their goalkeeper had to make one or two reasonable saves. Uh, he wasn't he wasn't just a, a bystander um, watching, um, and. Uh, you know, everybody's worried about no, no, uh, no, Joe Linton and no this, no that. Well, Longstaff, Bruno, Tonali, I thought, demonstrated why we we we, we brought him. Were, you know, there's, there's a, another young man who knows his way around European football. Uh, that'll all stand us in in, in good stead. And as to uh, the, the the off the field stuff, yeah, I mean, I can only say that um, uh, the the uh, Family and, and the, the lad that got hurt—that—that's—that's that's no way to, to to come back from a football match and shouldn't happen. But then there's the other things like the the stupid organisers of the metro switching it off just before the lads needed to get back to the airport for their flight. I mean, you know who 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 dreams of these things? But sadly, it, it's the kind of things that happened in Europe and and, and has happened in Europe, uh, and and. Uh, uh, We've overcome it before, we'll overcome it again. Other positives to me, players who um, have been missing for a little week, a little while, uh, I thought Pope showed he's still one number one goalkeeper on Tuesday night. He did enough to uh, to, to, to persuade me that uh, whatever's been happening is, is, is a temporary thing and, he, and he's back on song. Trippier was immense. You know, he, he, Again, this is a better right back than Trippier in the Premiership. I'd have to, it'd have to yeah. show them because I can't see him. Um, and Jacob Murphy, well, whatever how did to Jacob Murphy, whether he's given him three Weetabix instead of two, I don't know. But keep doing it because there's a player that's transformed. Transformed. His, his goal line clearance at the end 
was was worth a goal at the other end, to be honest. So, so yeah, all positive, Steve. And I'll, I'll, I'll shut up now and let that, that we talk about something else. <laughs> we never get we never get sick of hearing you. Go I, on, Mitch. I'll tell you something else as well. Take the game in context. Let's fast forward. Suppose that was a quarter final, and that was our first leg away from home. We'd be talking about that result with a very different attitude. Yeah, yeah. We'll be saying what a fantastic draw. I haven't conceded. And it's learning how to not concede in games like that is part of our learning experience going forward. And that will stand in good stead, not just in the Champions League and in Europe, but in the Premier League too. The, the other context... If we defended sorry, like that sorry. against Liverpool, we wouldn't have lost that bloody game at home to no, Liverpool. No. The other context for me, lads, is that... Um, when you're thinking about where we were and who we were playing, there's only two teams won the European Cup more than them, Barcelona and Real Madrid. I and mean, that's that's the level that we're at. And yet they, they cope with it very well. And it, it was very credible. It wasn't a fingernails nil-nil. It was a well-earned nil-nil, which is fantastic. That's uh, a good, good start. Good start. Yep, great start and uh, plenty to talk about, as I said tonight. Let's move on uh, to off-the-pitch matters. Tom Lynch uh, says, uh, excellent news, the fan zone's been approved. Gives another dimension to match days, brings more jobs in. Well done to Newcastle stack seller and the council. Uh, yeah, Mitch, it's, it's been approved, um, so that's good yeah. news. And um, yeah, it gives an alternative for people, doesn't it? Uh, at the end of the day, you know, some, some people will flock to that, other people will avoid it like the plague, but it gives people an alternative. And, and it's good to see that the council's working towards, uh, you know, work, working with the club to improve yeah. the match, the atmosphere and the local community. I think that's, these are the things we need to look at out of this. This is this is still, quote-unquote, a temporary move, etc., etc. But what it does do, it shows that the council and the club are on the same page. And I think it's many, many years since we could say that about Newcastle United and the City Council, if mm -hmm. ever. Um, I think it also shows, or it gives time for the club and seller uh, and the people involved in organising it to show a little bit of what their vision is going forward. How do you envisage a match day experience in Newcastle going forward? How do you want this match day experience to be under your tenure and ownership? And how does seller come into play? We've seen firsthand, Steve and I, the examples of what they can do on the boulevard in, in Riyadh. Um, and you see through the region, some of the sporting events they've been involved in through through the Middle East. I think they're actually involved with the La Liga Football Academy, which is up in Sports City, not far from where Chelsea Rob lives. Uh, and, and that's an interesting venue that is not just the pitches in the academy. There's there's F and B, there's bars. They show all the games on big screens. They're showing doing events for the Rugby World Cup on big screens there. Um, you know, so the, it, it's the kind of thing that. They're showing they know what they're doing with things like that. Uh, and it gives them an opportunity to show the city of Newcastle that. Um, I'm, I'm quite sure, I, I, I get the the wariness some people have. Oh, God, it's going to be like, it's going to be one of them places where everybody chucks beer around and does this and does that. And I get that. Um, but let's see. Let's see what the club and seller and everybody involved with it want to do with it. Because they can shape that, they can change that, they can make make a difference to that. Um, and but I think the thing that again to go back to where I was started, 
the thing that stands out for me is that it seems like the club already have developed a working relationship with Newcastle City Council, which can only be a good thing for the club going forward if the law... Whoop, he's gone. We lost him there. I don't know why. Mitch, we lost you. You might be on mute. Can we hear you? Where have you gone? You went off and then you, you came back. Yeah, okay. We'll just have to bring him back in. So, so Steve, yeah, we've got the gist of what Mitch was saying. But, yeah, yeah. From, from from your perspective, you know, it, it, it's it's a good sign, isn't it? It's, it's a new venue and um, it's, somewhere for, it's somewhere for the club, I guess, to... To be able to put people on and, and probably make a few quid and, and bring in bring in some revenue as well. Yeah, it, it, you know what it does, Steve. It tidies up a horrible part of the city as well, an area of the city that the council's allowed to just rot for the last uh, five or six years. Uh, along with Nexus, the the metro station looks a dump. The car park's been used as as basically a. a a storage area for the other buildings that have been going on. It, it was overrun. It, it, it was just left. Um, so at least it's going to tidy up that little area of the city. And that, you know, this is an area of the city that 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 people look to um, as they're driving past. You know, it's it's the view of the ground. Um, so from that perspective alone, it's it's got to be a positive. Um, how it impacts the the local businesses, um, we'll have to wait and see. Obviously, the council feel as though it'll be a negative impact, hence the reason why they have allowed the uh, the application to go forward. And as Mitch says, it's temporary. It's until 2026, and it gives the gives the club and and its sponsors and the powers that be an opportunity to really look at exactly what they want to do um, with the entire sort of footprint of St James's Park um, going forward. You know, it, it it's. Uh, it's 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 good. Um, it's one. It, let's hope that it's. Let's hope it becomes a family place. Let's hope it's not the idiots throwing beer all around and and this type of thing. Let's hope it becomes more of a community hub, um, a hub where families can go um, pre-game where they can feel comfortable. Um, let's hope it's that and not just a, a, a noisy music venue um, that that's just going to put people off. Um, but you know what. I, I I spoke to I spoke to some of the some of the bar owners um, about this a couple of weeks ago, and I said, "Will you be complaining and will you be objecting?" And they said, "No, because we already have our own clientele. You know, we're already busy on match days, so it's not really going to affect them. places like the Strawberry, for example. It'll not affect the Strawberry because they have their they have their match day clientele that that come in regardless of of." You know anything else that's going on in the city or any office that are being put in the in the ground, so I don't think that they see it as as uh, as a threat. I think it's more the more outlying areas of the city where people are going to um, maybe spend a little bit of time, you know, at the, at the half one two o'clock level. And I think if they've got somewhere to pop into um, a little bit closer, then it might impact that. But uh, we'll wait and see. Um, it's. Uh, it's all got to be positive, Steve. It's all got to be positive. And as Mitch says, the, the sponsors, um, it gives them a little bit of a leeway in terms of time for to, uh, to get their feet under the table. Um, no doubt Adidas will want to have some input into it, I would imagine, when, uh, when they arrive next season. And who knows? Uh, there could be all sorts of, uh, of other things other than places to eat and drink. Um, if Adidas get involved as well, let's, let's hope there's something that uh, that can keep the youngsters entertained um, before they then go into the ground. 
I tell you what else, well, Steve, might make it easier to uh, to get a pint uh, inside the ground or uh, <laughs> you eat as well. The queues might not be as big. <laughs> George, we've spoken about this stack. You know, we yeah. thought there might be we thought there might be an issues, and I mean, I know you have you on it. You know, you it's not to where you probably go, but you 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 know you. I will you know, go. You, you will you, go. Yeah, you make a mistake. People assume that because I don't drink, I don't enjoy social things. I do. And I and Steve will be sick of hearing me say, I want match days to be an occasion. Like it was for me when I was a kid. We didn't just go to the match. My father, my uncles, my, my, my grandfather, we didn't just go to the match. We went to Mark Tony's for an ice cream. We went somewhere else for this. We went into the big market to get some sweets and we did all of that as part of going to the match we enjoyed the football we come out we had a cup of tea in mark tony's and sometimes we went to the tatler we didn't get home sometimes till 10 o'clock a bloody night my mother was up the wall by the time we got home <laughs> it was an occasion and now it did my heart good when i start to repeat that occasion with our neil there was ten we used to go in when, when the club when it was redeveloped. Boy, in '92 was our Saturday. We'd go as soon as the doors are open. We'd be in. The lads would have a drink. We'd all have our dinner. We'd watch the first match on the telly. We'd go in and watch our match. The lads would have the pint at half time. We'd come out. We'd watch the second match and have our tea. And then I'd deliver them all home in the car. Um, it it was an occasion. It made a whole event of the day. And I want young people particularly to enjoy that sort of thing. It's what made football for me. The, yes, the, the game and the, and the players, that's all the exciting bit. But if, if you make it an occasion, that's one way of avoiding all this tripe of fighting and knives like they did in Italy and all that sort of thing. I certainly will visit the fan zone. There's no question about that. Um well, I, I stand alongside Steve most of the time at the f food bank anyway. But, um, yeah, I'll, I'll visit there. I'll want to see where it is. And, I, and I'll encourage others to do the same because it uh, it strikes me as a, an important piece of developing uh, the, the community with Newcastle United, not not just supporting the team, but the community. Um, and and that, that's also very important. Um, yeah, it... it uh, there's so much of it which, uh, you know, the, the interesting thing is I find it interesting that they're now past it. Can you remember we talked a few week, couple of weeks, two or three weeks ago about this consultation? Yeah. About it. Well, I think that was the council saying to the club, for God's sake, do a consultation, otherwise we can't pass it for you. <laughs> I'm sure that's what it's about. I said at the time I thought it was a legal thing. And I have a fancy somebody in the, in the planning office said, for God's sake, have a consultation and we can sign it off straight away. And that's that's what they've done. And I I know I, I think it's it's fantastic. And I look forward to actually experiencing what they're what they're offering. They'll not make much money out of me, but uh oh, I don't know. I can drink a few cokes. Um but no, it, yeah, it's it's a great thing, is all I wanted to say, really. Yeah, I tell you what as well, Steve, George's enthusiasm also stretches to, how is Steve? We've got to get in. I want to see what the flags are up to. <laughs> uh, George, I, 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 get the, I get the feeling now that I know that George is going to stack that if he'd been in Italy, he would have been sliding along on his belly on that <laughs> the pavement. He's no one surprised me, Steve. Very, very yeah. probably. Very probably. I tell you what, though, interesting it's, what it's, my dad did about about sense of occasion. That's something that Julie at the Dubai Mags here has got right. And I, I sent you a little something from our pre-match talk in. Yeah, you did, yeah. Both you've shared yet. 
um, anyway. Um, Pete Redden, who you know, organised Robbie Elliott to come in and do a pre-match talking. And even that short clip gives you an idea of the atmosphere that they've created at Dubai Mags. And it's a family atmosphere. There's women, there's kids. Everybody's welcome. And it's and it's totally different to just about every other supporters club I've been to out here in, in my time in Dubai. Uh, and and I enjoy that. I love the fact that they've created something that I can just be a gateway to. The amount of messages I get off people coming to this part of the world saying, well, where can I watch the match? And nowadays... It's just so easy for me to direct traffic yeah. uh, and say, go there, it'll be on, but give Julie a shout because you might need a book. Because at the minute, we're selling the bar out, 120, 130 people a match. It's madness and in a good way. Fantastic. Yeah. Great stuff. I will share that clip on the YouTube channel uh, later on uh, tonight. Uh, Mitch sent me that over. I will stick it just, up in the short. Just, go to on, come back, just to come back on War Flag, Steve's absolutely right. I like war flags because the atmosphere under Ashley was becoming toxic. It really was. And and they lifted it. They took it away. And I was glad to put my hand in my pocket occasionally to help the lads. But uh, Ashley treated them abysmally. And you think, oh, goodness, they're giving all of this and in, in, in the owner's making life difficult for them. You couldn't believe it. The opposite now, fantastic, fantastic. Yeah, fantastic. Uh, as always, we have uh, plenty to get through. Uh, on uh, uh, an Amigos show and uh, we are going to start because again we have a lot of them and we're going to start with Tweet of the Week Thanks as always to all the regular uh, contributors there's uh, too many of you to mention but uh, thanks very much and as I did mention uh, Christmas is around the corner and uh, this is your warning the Mariah Carey defrosting process has begun. Uh, <laughs> very funny. Um, yet another cycling skill that's been lost over the years. A woman practicing cutting off a head while riding a bicycle. <laughs> very good. And uh, this is the greatest Amazon review I have ever seen from Ian Hull. Uh, can I just say I'll be uh, reordering them in every colour. Here's me rolling and sliding down a mountain because I was too scared to get up. My leggings did not rip even a little bit, and I got stuck on a rock and tree. <laughs> That's actually a genuine review as well, that, by the way. I got sent it this week. Uh, this is quite funny. Chicken tikka masala with rice, then drink water with great company. Things could get messy. Very oh, clever. dear me. Did like dear that. Dear me, yeah. Did, did like that. Uh, Man United fans going to work uh, every day of the week, I think, at the moment, um, with uh, their results, which uh, was uh, doing the rounds as well. And just arrived home to find a pretty woman grouting the bathroom wall and singing, It's a heartache, nothing but a fool's game. I thought to myself, she's a Bonnie Tyler. Oh, dear me. Dear, dear. Uh, Mum, I'm dating our neighbour. He could be a dad. Age isn't an issue, Mum. No, I don't think you understand me. Yes, very good. <laughs> and Gareth Barty, this was very good. Father, all day long I keep hearing this voice telling me what to do. Am I possessed? No, my child, you are married. <laughs> and Fly Tipping by J.R. Hartley, a new book coming out. <laughs> oh, dear. Uh, Jimmy's on form as usual. Welcome to Pleasant Side. Fingering Festival this Saturday at 11 o'clock. I hope you have a great time, Jimmy. Wash your hands. <laughs> Make sure you wash your hands. Uh, Antiques Roadshow is in town, and uh, I found this in the attic, and I can't wait uh, till uh, I pop along to the uh, show to uh, ask them what they think of this. 
What on earth? Good Lord. Possessed anybody to make that? I really don't know. Um, and tweet of the week from Jimmy again. Uh, Hi, I'm in room 326. I'd like to order a wake-up call. Desk clock. Okay, your girlfriend is very close to leaving you and you're a joke to your co-workers. <laughs> and this one from Viz. In the Bible, does it say that Noah ever applied for planning permission to build his ark? It seems he just built it. Yet when I wanted to build a small granny flat above me garage, the council did me over good and proper. Once again, there's one rule for some Old Testament prophet of doom and another for the rest of us. And don't even get me started on Joshua knocking down those supporting walls at Jericho. <laughs> if they weren't grade two listed, I'll eat my hat. Eat my hat. <laughs> <laughs> you kind of oh, need a Viz dear. letter. Like, if anyone's got any Viz letters, send them in. Uh, Jimmy Moore tweeted the week, extremely rare sneakers. Very good. Yeah. <laughs> Gosh. <laughs> and uh, I need to walk into town and find a bathroom. I'm dying for a crap. Take my keys and go in the van. (laughs) 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 I love that one. And uh, so when did you notice your wife was dead? Well, the lovemaking was the same, but then the dishes started to pile up. (laughs) (laughs) Dear me. (laughs) And uh, Ian Hull says, legend says the husband was waiting in the car for his wife to get ready. Uh, Jimmy Moore again, uh, condom history in 1272, the Welsh invented the condom using a sheep's lower intestine. And in 1873, the English somewhat refined the idea by taking it out of the sheep first. (laughs) Oh, dear I think this is the last one from Jimmy this week. He says, tweet of the week, sure. Tim has his faults, but don't we all? But frankly, this seems a bit extreme. County of Union, New Jersey. Take only photos, leave only footprints, kill only Tim. Please stay on the trail. That's <laughs> definitely one where some kid's gone up and moved the letters around. Uh, this picture is so deep, if you understand. And I did like this, lads. It's quite an emotional picture, that. But uh, you see the parents walking the son along uh, the road. And then you see the son walking his parents along the road. And I thought that was a nice thing to share. Just a little bit of reflection on what life is, is really all about. Very nice, that. And um, Ian Holt sent this one. Henry, our party's total chaos. No one knows when to eat. Where to stand and what to. Oh, thank God. Here comes a border collie. <laughs> uh, another one from Ian. Institute for the Study of Emotional Stress. <laughs> well, I feel better. Cheers, Ian. And uh, this one from Ian as well. Most aggressive dog breeds, uh, you can't rank them because aggression isn't breed specific. It's a learned behavior. Chihuahuas. <laughs> And in Wales, uh, no thanks, love. I'm not looking for a good time. I'm just sticking to the speed limit. Uh, in response, to the speed limit is now down to 20 miles an hour in certain parts of Wales. Uh, and it's a tough trail, but we'll get through it as long as Bob remember to bring the map. <laughs> and oh, Stephen Kennedy, uh, my half brother and I are not allowed to play with saws anymore. <laughs> Uh, someday when scientists discover the centre of the universe, a lot of people are going to be disappointed to find out it isn't them. Heartbreak for Steve Bruce and Simon Jordan, says Stephen Kennedy. And here it is, introducing the you left the seat up again, Barbie. <laughs> and the three faces of Dr. Mitch, says Stephen Kennedy. <laughs> Run, KFC. <laughs> and the Geordie Eye Test. Uh, why I, 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 why I,
I've done a, I've done a few of them in the last month. I tell you, <laughs> I have, and uh, I would look for one with my name on it, like those Coca Cola bottles. Uh, my my name was Chloe. Uh, I wanted to live. Uh, that's what it says on there. Uh, uh, don't buy it. And I mean, basically, that's a Scottish, Scottish fillet steak where someone's clearly put it. Uh, made, made, made it more sentimental to try and put people off eating it. Uh, Sonny and Cher, I've got you, babe. Oh, dear oh, me. Dear oh, me. Oh, and one for the Amigos. Uh, how do you talk without a brain? I'm a Mackham. Thanks, Westy. <laughs> And the seven 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 deal oh, is that is that is that no that that's for later on. Uh, oh yes, I got sent this now. Poppy sent me this now. I've, I've just shown you this because this is the dog. Uh, bear with us because um, I didn't get time to load the name and I need to I need to revisit my Instagram account uh, to find it. Here we go. Uh, ba, 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 ba. Okay, this is Poppy the dog, and she is a true NUFC matters fan and a true. Newcastle United fan, and this is Poppy watching the match. So a big shout out to Poppy. Uh, give, her a stroke, give her a stroke from us, and I hope, uh, hope she's enjoying the show tonight. And good morning, pupils. Good morning, Miss Iris. Oh, dear me. Oh. You'll never see a cornier joke than this. No. Oh, oh, I represent that joke. Oh, dear me. <laughs> and tweet of the week from Ray. A blue whale's poop can weigh as much as four tons, making it the second largest piece of shit in the world just behind Sunderland, says David Attenborough. <laughs> Allegedly. Uh, men in the past and men today. <laughs> and this one. And that's how I spent my summer vacation. That's a young Stephen, a young Stephen King. Now bear with us, lads, because I need to uh, and and viewers, because I need to uh, load a couple more. Because we did, as I say, we did have uh, quite a large uh, post box, I would say, of uh, tweets this week, and there's probably a few that won't make it, so I'll have to play them next week. So here's the next one. Uh, but what if Owl votes Tory again, Piglet? Owl pie, mate. Owl pie. Owl pie. <laughs> <laughs> and this one. What's wrong, babe? You've barely touched your jabacardo toast. Oh, wow. <laughs> Good one for Star Wars fans. And proof it only takes three and a quarter inches to please a woman. <laughs> <laughs> this one was from Zara, a late one. Just wanted to share an update on the toilet. Still have tomorrow to go, but nearly finished. I wonder if the missus will like it. Oh, and so someone did dare me to put down artificial grass. Done. I can't wait to see her face. She's actually got no idea. Can anybody believe that somebody's actually got away and done that? He was on. He was on um, Talk Sport this afternoon on Hawksby and Jacobs talking about it. Um, absolute classic story. Fantastic, brilliant <laughs> stuff. Uh, my wife suggested if I get bored this weekend to make a bird table. Now she's kicking off because I've only put her in fifth place. Ah, <laughs> uh, and sorry, I'm late. I missed the bastard bus. Classic. Ah. <laughs> uh, my daughter tells me you're, you're a musician. Is that right? Yes, sir. I'm a DJ. You've got 10 seconds to get off my property. <laughs> oh. uh, how much to cock me paper shampoo? Pan 10. Wow, wow, wow. Love that. Uh, look, oh, no, that's a lookalike. That's for later. Uh, tweet of the week. This one as well from Gareth Vardy. Um, hi. Um, Oh, no, no, I can't even read that. And I've got my glasses on. I'm going to have to zoom into this, by the way, lads. Two seconds. Um, hi, how are you? Yeah, I'm fine. What are you up to? I'm just doing, I'm just doing some business. 
basically, I can't even read it because it's that small. It's got it that small. Basically, the joke is that he goes, I'll have to hang up. Some idiot next door who keeps talking to us, so the guy's actually on the phone. That's the whole <laughs> point of the joke. Thanks anyway. for repeating what I'm saying. <laughs> People at home will be able to read that. I can't even read it. Um, I'll do anything for £20. Come with me to the next Man United game. Beep. You, uh, yeah, basically said, <laughs> get lost. Chris, I'm not reading that out. I'll get wrong. Um, and uh, this one, just like your dad, uh, just like your dad jokes, this card is cheap and below average quality. Thanks, uh, Donald, for that one. I think that was aimed at me, uh, actually. Um, and this one looks like someone coming out the back room of a news agent, uh, the Daily Loud, with some guy's wonderful haircut. That's unbelievable, isn't it? It is that somebody would actually have hair like that. When you wake up on a plane disorientated, says Andy, and the air conditioning is giving you a disapproving look. <laughs> <laughs> Cheers, Andy. And this is uh, Eileen. And if you know anything about his music, then you'll know what to do next. <laughs> oh, no. Oh, God. Um, I, I love you so much, I can't live without you. Is that you or the wine talking? It's me talking to the wine. <laughs> and yeah, since, I, since I painted my car, all the pedestrians move out of my way. It's weird. <laughs> And when you turn 18 and start life for real, this ride only stops in an emergency. Crying is not an emergency. <laughs> and they call me 007 at work. Zero skills, zero motivation, and seven bathroom breaks. <laughs> and one or two door knockers. Uh, no words for this one. Dear me out. That's an actual door knocker. That's one for the ladies. And uh, Paul Rocky Tune sent this. Whoa, for heaven's sake, Heather. I told you to prick his boil. <laughs> Elton John oh, seen buying a treadmill for his pet rabbit. He told uh, the Daily Dafty reporters, it's a little bit, a little fit bunny. Bunny. Oh, dear me. And this explains a lot, as we see here, uh, some uh, a big jug underneath some kind of toilet cubicle. That's from uh, Ferry Hill Mags. And the last few here. Uh, this one, uh, no, that's, again, that bloody look like keeps coming up. Uh, Gary Thompson, thanks for this. Imagine the trouble she has trying to introduce herself in France. Je m'appelle. <laughs> Excellent. And now, if you would like to repeat your vi uh, vows, A E I O U. And we've had that one. Everyone kept hitting their heads as they walked down my stairs, so I hung a sign as a warning. Duck. <laughs> Dear and me. The winner this week is this one. Uh, Graham Potter in talks with Everton. Mark Alman replies, we need his brother, Harry. <laughs> <laughs> well done, Lee. Uh, thanks to everybody for chucking them in. Some absolute belters this week. Uh, that is Tweet of the Week. <laughs> Okay, Mitch, chuck the question in. Uh, Mitch, question for the panel. Do you agree that all these dodgy penalty and free kick decisions are because they don't use the indirect free kick rule anymore? Mm. I think that's why it's inconsistent as hell. Good question. I think inconsistency is the key word. That's the, that's the big problem we have with officiating full stop. That um, what is given one week by one official isn't given the next week by another. And VAR contradict themselves and complicate the matters rather than making it easier. Uh, look no further than the Brentford game. You know, 
Uh, and then they complained about how much time's added on, and I reckon two-thirds of the time that was added on in the Brentford game was because of the referee in VAR. Farting about and changing their minds and sort of going AWOL and not really standing up and doing the right thing or the consistent thing. And I think that that's more of a problem for me. We don't see as many indirect free kicks these days. It, it's becoming... I guess because the, a lot of the, the, the um, offences that would lead to an indirect free kick um, are subjective. And people seem to be frightened to have an opinion now, unless it's backed up by somebody in a booth or somebody else on the pitch. Um, maybe it's something to do with that. Uh, he is right. We don't see as many indirect free kicks these days at all. Um, so... But I think it, that that's just more part of the general inconsistency that we have. I don't mind a bad official too much if that official is consistently bad. But what we've got is bad officials who are inconsistent, and that's an absolute nightmare scenario. Steve? It's an interesting question, yeah. The, the, the indirect free kick... Uh... You're right. It barely seems to exist these days, you know, because they seem to be always looking for something else. Um, what annoys me with VER is when the when they go to the to the to the panel the VER in the hut or whatever they want to call it, and then they take things back and start looking at other things within the move. So they see a decision and think, oh, yeah, well, that's a penalty. Then they go, oh, we're just going to roll it back a little bit. Uh, we'll roll, oh, Hang on, let's just make sure that that challenge was so earlier. Is there anything there that we could knock it away from? Oh, what about, oh, we'll just roll it back a little bit further. And we've seen that when when they have um, given us a little bit of a running commentary on how the VR works. That's the very thing that happened. You know, and they made out that this was great because it, it, they were trying to imply that the that the VR officials were on the ball. Well, they weren't. What they were doing is were rolling back, looking for anything um, that might have come prior that the referee hadn't seen. Well, the whole idea of refereeing is it's up to the referee what he sees and what he doesn't see. When 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 they intervene, they intervene for the incident, like, say, the handball um, knock onto the hand header that we had on, on last Saturday. That's the, that's, that's the reason why that or not there should have been a penalty. But if he was going to give a penalty, you can guarantee that at some point in time they said, yep, yeah, but we'll just take that back a little bit because there was a little bit of scuffle early on. And, it, and I just just checking to see that Bruno didn't lift his arm or his elbow or his foot wasn't quite left in because if it were, if it did, that's we'll, we'll disallow it for that rather than what was your blatant error, Mr. Referee. You know, that's what annoys me about it. But yeah, the the, the indirect free kick is a bit like... It's a bit like the foul throw, and this will get George going. Uh, they don't exist anymore. Oh, what have you done? <laughs> what have I done exactly? <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. Um, well, Steve said the words, there you are, isn't it? The, the, the decision about whether a handball was deliberate or incidental, accidental, when it was left to the referee, produced an indirect free kick. And and VAR's take virtually taking that that away. That's a decision they've taken, and they they make their own mind about that. And there's other other uh, fouls like uh, obstruction. Obstruction was a good example. Now, again, 
VAR gets involved and suddenly obstructions a yellow card or something worse. Um, when in fact, in days gone by, if it wasn't a serious obstruction, it would have just been an indirect free kick. And uh, so it's it's lost its way with but, lots of other things. In in sorry, Neil, yeah. hasn't obstruction morphed into quote unquote shepherding the ball? Yes. yes. Well, uh, if, in... don't start this again. Yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> the other thing. Um, well, Steve Reyes had some of this with with hands up when you go for headers. All this rubbish. You know, even Shearer says, "Well, you need to use your hands to get the head." What? Tripe. The hours I spent at the back back uh, car park of St James's Park with all the other players, learning how to jump with my hands by my side, so I didn't give a bloody free kick away, uh, an indirect free kick as well. So that yeah, it, it's all just uh, as you say, morphed into one. And and big part of it is is VAR, I'm afraid. Um, and it's uh, it it's sad. And yeah, I'm not I'll not go into. To, to foul throws, but Steve's absolutely right. Uh, the, 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 I don't think there's a coach in the country knows how to take a throw in anymore. Um, you know, that some some of them they take it from the side, they're taking it from from rolling off the top of the head, the, anything but throwing a ball in. Um, but do they pick it up? No, no, no. Just just let it go. Um, and uh, if actually, interestingly enough, if it's persistent. You can get an indirect free kick for that, or you could get an indirect free kick for that. Um, so it's uh, it's down to uh, again uh, the electronics overtaking the, the human officials. Could you see a modern referee having the balls to give him an indirect free kick for a foul throw? No, 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 <laughs> I mean, no, no. Well, I, mean, I, I think it's still in the written laws of the game. I think yeah, you're absolutely right. It is. I mean, you know, Sun, Sun Tzu has the art of war. I think my dad needs to pen the art of the throw. Yeah. Do well, a, can, you imagine, can, can you imagine? Can you imagine some one of our opponents getting a, getting a free kick or a or a foul throw in front of Eddie Howe and his mate? <laughs> they'd go, they'd go up the platic. <laughs> no, good question though, and and, and sensible question because these are the little things that, like it or not. That the electronics and other things and bad officiating are slowly pushing out of the game. You know, they're just disappearing very quietly and, and uh, for me, very sadly. Yeah, VAR is obviously better than what we had before. It's technically obviously better than just having yes. some bloke not being able to see something, says Ian. Gary says, I'm sure I've read that not as many people want to go into refereeing and the FA yeah. are having difficulty That's recruiting. Right. Well, on effect is we possibly end up with poorer officials. And Mark says, absolutely, Mitch. Some of the shepherd and the ball out to play is blatant obstruction, and it boils right. my urine. Absolutely right. Absolutely right. Yeah. And 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 the uh, the issue about refereeing further downs not new. It's it's been around a while. I mean, uh, um, when uh, Marge used to run her Cubs, if she had football matches, I sometimes get used to get roped into uh, into refereeing them. And I've twice stopped matches completely because of the behaviour on the touchline. Yeah. Okay, good stuff. Uh, plenty to talk about tonight. Uh, try and get through as many of your questions as we possibly can. Uh, Sean says, do we see a formation change ahead of Sheffield to accommodate the new signings? Surely we're going to see Tino and Hall start. Burnwood is at 0% battery. 
at full time. And John asks you, we'll combine this. Less than two years since the takeover, miles ahead of schedule, but is there a slight problem at the moment? We're superb defensively, but the chances at the other end have dried up. Any thoughts? Right. I did the Eddie Howe press conference as I usually do. Well, when I get time to do it, I managed to have time to do it today. Um, and I, I just want to, I just, well, I'll touch on a couple of these things before we, before we open it up to the, the, the lads. Um, he was asked about Livermento and he was asked about Hall. Lee Ryder said, those two players didn't, you know, didn't come to Newcastle to sit on the bench. Are we going to see them? When are we going to see them? And he was going to, he said, yeah, Eddie Howe said, yes, we will see them. Um, I, I, you know, but I, I, I make changes for the team. I don't make changes for individuals, but you, you know, of course you will see them at some point this season. Um, so he was quite clear on that. Um, he won't be making wholesale changes. Um, he will be rotating the squad um, over the next few over the next few months because he's going to have to. So you know the answer is simple. Um, I think I think he he won't make the changes that everybody's expecting. Uh, he'll he'll come up with a wide left a wide left decision like he did in the Champions League. Not one of us could have predicted that Jacob Murphy was going to start in the San Siro, and but he did, and that's because Eddie Howe sees the players day to day. Knows, knows what they can do. He, he knew that Jacob Murphy um, would be able to put in a good shift going forward and coming back. And, and he did. Um, he, was asked, he was asked on more than one occasion today, and I think it was good, and I said so on, on Eddie Howe Press Conference Review. Um, he was asked on more than one occasion about the midfield. Simon Bird, he used his questions today to ask the questions the fans have been demanding he asks. Tonali's not at his best. How can he improve? Can him and Bruno play together? Um, we got the answers that we, you know, we got the answers from Eddie. He's answered the question now. We should just leave it at that. Um, he hasn't trained for best part of a month due to internationals and due to carrying a slight knock. Isaac's been carrying a knee injury for the last couple of weeks, so we're seeing we're seeing the reason, or he's, we're getting explanations now from Eddie about certain players. But um, I think I don't think there's an issue. I think as well, it's been a tough start to the season. We had the hardest start in the Premier League, and and we've handled it admirably. And we've just gone in against the semi-finalists of the Champions League after playing the winners of the Champions League a couple of weeks earlier. And we've only conceded one goal against both teams, uh, both away from home. That's what we've got to remember. We haven't had a bad start of the season. It's early, early days. And now we've got a win under our belt against Brentford. And I, I, you know, we've got a, a nil-nil draw in the San Siro. And now we'll go to Sheffield United with our tails up, with, with a bigger squad to pick from than we had last season. I'm full of confidence. Mitch, what's your thoughts? The one performance I genuinely have an issue with was Brighton. Yes. Other than that, I, I can't really have that much of an issue with any of the other performances. Um, yes, we've got to remember we've set ourselves a very high bar. Yep. And and you're not going to shellac every team every week. It, it just doesn't happen. Um, what we're saying is a team that's against Brentford that learned the win what we saw against the team against AC Milan that learned not to concede. These are all good things. These are all things that good teams do. So when they're very, very good, it's often blockbuster. And and we know we've got that in with. And the day that comes out, I think it'll be blessed relief for all because uh, we'll probably go on a run from that point. When you, 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 you talk about the changes and the substitutions, I go back to what I've been saying for the last few weeks. And somebody actually corrected this properly on it and said, you know, I was saying we could potentially play 50 games. Apparently it's more like 63. <laughs> um, if we progress all the way through everything. Um, 
school, players will get chances. And I struggle to correct Eddie Howe because I don't see them every day in training. I see what they show on the pitch through the week and when they're playing games, but I'm not seeing what's happening behind the scenes. I'm not seeing how he feels about what making certain changes would upset the, the balance of his team and the way he wants them to play. I think both Tino and Hall, once they get a start, it's then up to them to say, OK, coach, drop us. Drop us, gaffer, dare you. Um, and that's healthy competition. That's what we want. We want in every position on the pitch. We want people to be desperate to play and to be keen to retain that starting position once they, once they grab it. Um, we haven't invested money in these players for them to sit on the bench. We're quite right. Um, but we also haven't necessarily invested the money in them to be weekend, weekend starters right now. Um, I think if you were to add a 21, 22-year-old right-sided centre-back in Tino, that X-Factor player, Botman and Hall, that could be the our back four for the next 10 years. Potentially. Um, that's what they're investing in. They're doing something Newcastle United's not done for a long, long time and thought beyond the end of their nose in this financial year, in this sporting year. Um, they're looking bigger and bolder than that. Um, so I don't think we should be too impatient to say, oh, we'll get this one in and get that one in when people are doing the business. That said... Um, did Byrne look gassed at the end of the match midweek? Ah, he did. He, he, he left nothing on the pit. He, he, he left nothing out there. Um, so would it be appropriate to consider him to be one of the players to rest? Yes. But is the next man up not target? Uh-huh. Don't know. Really don't know. You know, and, and so I'm happy to roll with whatever he wants to go with at the minute. Um, but you know, uh, so for me, again, like I said, start the show. My glass remains half full, and I'm quite happy to roll with things at the moment. Um, now, if 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 things don't go terribly well at the weekend, then it may be time to have a rethink and a and a get together. Um, because a trip to Sheffield United shouldn't be something that that we fear at all. Um, but I guess we'll come to that later on. Um, but in terms of terms of team selection, all of the players will get plenty of a chance in this season. I've got no doubt about that. Do you think uh, Livermento and Hall will make their debut in the League Cup? Possible. I think they might. We've got so many options now. When did we last have this many options? Yeah. When were we sitting looking saying, whoa, We'll play him there, we'll play him there, we'll get to be, you know, and, and and I can't remember the last time we had this many defensive options, let alone anything else. Time yeah. was we were stuck with great strikers, and then you had a back four that was, you know, uh, held together with the spit and chum gum, you know. <laughs> now we've got loads of defensive options and plenty of midfield options, and probably, if anything, it's up front where we're. Where, um, 
possibly a little short if if we're short anyway. But for me, um, patience. Everybody will get a chance somewhere, and it's up to everybody who gets their chance to take that chance. Yeah, I agree. Okay, Steve, it's interesting. People thinking that there's issues and, you know, we don't look as good. Journalists saying that, you know, when are you going to find the same levels as last year? There's all these questions that Eddie Howe had to face today. He did very well not to snap, I think, because he was getting, he was getting, you know, quite a few questions, which, which, of course, which again, the fans, the fans keep saying, why don't journalists ask the questions that we want answers to? Well, you know, they've asked them today. Um, they got their answers. Um, I'm sure that won't be the end of the questions on social media. I'm, pe- I'm sure people will still be going, why aren't Hall and that play? And I think Mark Ritchie's just made a very valid point in the chat. He's just come burning trippy. I've been two of our most consistent players this season. Yet everyone wants Hall and Tino to come in. They're, they're future players, he says. But yeah, yeah. I mean, it, you know, it, it it's just the nature of it's the nature of modern day fans, isn't it? I'm afraid. Yeah, let, let, let's roll back to the days of like Ashley. And yeah. Let's remind ourselves that the best players in Newcastle's team at that particular time were those that were on the bench, apparently. You know, the number of times we heard, that, you know, Bruce is playing the wrong players or Paul Juice played the wrong players, Carver's playing the wrong players. We have world-beaten players that are always on the bench whenever we're playing badly. It's a, it's a, it's a strange, strange setup. On Byrne, I would say, yes, he left everyone on, everything on the pitch because it was 30 degrees. We haven't had a summer in the, on Tyneside. He might have had a couple of weeks in the sun on holiday, but apart from that, it was 30 degrees inside that ground. No, and the, and it, it, At times, they were being dragged all over the place, especially in the first half. So no wonder they ended up having to leave everything on the pitch. I'm just dreading last next week's show, Steve, when, you know, the, the we've, had the, we've had the Man City game and we've brought Hall and Livramento in. Um, Lascelles has come in for, for Dan Byrne at the back and Botman's been rested because of his knee injury that, he's, that he was struggling with, or his ankle rather. And we've decided that we're going to rest Bruno and, and Tenoli. Um, so young Miley will come in, he'll play alongside Anderson and Murphy. And then we'll get beat and they're all screaming that we've thrown away a chance of a cup run. Because that's what happens. That's the nature of football, isn't it? Soon as the soon as the the, the, the changes are made and it doesn't go your way, um, that's what that's what will come Eddie Howe's way. So he's on a hiding to nothing. He said he's going to rotate. He said he's going to make changes, not necessarily for changes' sake, but he'll make them. But there will be incremental changes. They're not going to be changes. So he's going to make wholesale changes and just be tweaking every now and again where he sees maybe one. Two players that need to be taken out of it, whether it's because they're carrying an injury or whether they're struggling for form or whether he just feels they need a rest. And it was interesting that he said that nobody has trained since they came back from Italy and won't be on full speed until tomorrow. Um, I found that fascinating um, because that tells you that it did take an awful lot out of those players. And like he said, psychologically, physically and emotionally, you know, it was it was it was a big game for, for Newcastle United. And I think we've got that monkey off our back now of twenty years back in you know and getting back into the Champions League because I think that was the pressure more than anything. And that's why that's why the club didn't actually fly in until the morning of the game. Well, it turned out to be the late afternoon. Okay. Just, you know. Um you know, they they didn't go, they, they did their training on the like the day before, but did it at home and then flew in. 
um, on the eve- on the evening before the game. That's why they did it because they wanted to take the pressure away. It's um, it's sorry. all part of learning to become and think like a big club. Yeah, like yep. we as a fan base have a learning curve. Exactly about thinking like fans of big clubs. Yeah, we've always perceived yeah. as a degree of arrogance or a degree of looking down their nose. It's not. They're just supremely confident in their ability. I listened to Danny Murphy going on saying that he thought that Eddie Howard made a mistake not arriving early and not giving the players the opportunity to train on the on the San Siro um, and not to take in the atmosphere. Well, it's the atmosphere of an empty ground for a start when they're training the night before. Um, but he, he seemed to think that it was a negative. But, you know, Eddie Howe thought it was a positive. Eddie Howe didn't want that additional pressure. He just wanted them to go out and, and arrive at the ground, get changed, treat him as best as he could as, as, as any other game. That's all he was interested in. There was people in the media were desperate for it to be punished for that late arrival as well, weren't they? Yeah, I That's, right. That's right. Clamouring for it to get into trouble. <laughs> yeah. And if you remember, I told you that I said to the, on the show last week that the rules and regulations that are bound for UEFA games, there's, there's literally a tick box of about a thousand little ticks that need to be completed where each one is like, a, you know, there's a 20 euro fine there, a 50 euro fine there. But if there's not enough car park spaces, the car park space isn't wide enough. You know, if the white lines aren't bright or if there's, if you know, the, the press box that they literally go through the entire ground with a fine tooth comb and they pick and pick and pick away at like a little scab to find something. And yeah, you're right. The press were, were all over were like a rush. I mean, the way that the national press and was interesting after the game, it was the national press that were very critical of our performance. It wasn't the local lads. It was the national guys because they wanted us to fall and they wanted to make out that we'd had a disastrous game yeah. where it was a nil-nil in the San Siro against the semi-finalists of last season. You know, and, and we didn't let ourselves down. Um, and as the game went on, we got better. But that this is what yeah. this is what we're going to have to put up with. You're right. The battling nil nil doesn't make a story you can sell. No. To to your readers who are Chelsea fans and Liverpool fans who are desperate for it to go around. Yeah. Yeah, and it, did, and it doesn't let you say how awful the Saudi Arabians are either, does it? No. <laughs> George, I mean, you can answer the question. George, you can answer the question as well. Mark Todd, you just asked, he adds this as well. Is Eddie how do you think trying to change the way we play? from a high-intensity pressing to a more possession-based system to maintain fitness levels throughout the season. I mean, again, nice. it's, it's difficult to judge because, you know, because we've only played a few games, really. It's so difficult to judge, isn't it? Well, the games we've played have been against top-class opposition. Look, the, the big thing for me is, last year, in the Premiership, we were the surprise packet. Yes. They didn't know what we were going to do. They didn't know what Eddie Howe was going to do. Now they do. So Eddie Howe's the, not the surprise packet now, so he's got to, he's got to think a bit more. And that, for me, that's all he's doing. He's just being a good coach and thinking, well, that's what I did last time. I'm not going to do it this time. We're going to do it slightly differently. We're not going to change the whole it's wholesale just for the sake of changing, but we're just going to be a little bit different. What what we might have been because everybody else's everybody was expecting this and expecting that and all the rest of it. No, I, I think uh, that's all you're seeing. You're seeing Eddie Howe. 
just being the, the, the good coach that he is and adapting to the situation that he's got and introducing these these new players on a on a um uh, slow a bit by bit basis you just need to talk to Gordon talk about what it was like when he came. He mm -hmm. came from Everton as a first team player, ready to play. And he, he couldn't, a couple of weeks, he couldn't get off his bed. He was knackered because it was all different. And and these other lads will be finding exactly the same. So for me, it, at the moment, anyway, I'm not critical of anyhow. What I'm saying is anyhow for me being. A, the good coach, I believe he is. He's he's obviously learned a lot in that year away out of the football, and I I think that uh, that one of the big things he's learned is that don't you know don't don't just rely on being the, the, the surprise package anymore. You've got to adapt to the situation that you've got, and for me that's what he's been doing. I agree with the lads. The only game where I was upset was Brighton. There was a bit of the Brighton game that I just couldn't fathom at all, but apart from that. There's been bits and pieces of all the other games which I've found very revealing in many ways about what he's what he's done and he said with players and, and continues to do so. And uh, uh, I've I've got no doubt in my mind that uh, that uh, people will get surprises from Newcastle United in different ways. But again, the lads are right. In somewhere in Newcastle United, when the switch on. There's a five-one thump and a Spurs, <laughs> and somebody else will get that. It'll come back. Yeah. Just kind of, I mean, I mean, there used to be a mantra on this program in in Eddie we trust. Well, I think we've still got to trust them until something the wheels really do come off. And I don't see the wheels coming off at all. He's adapting. He's changing. He's doing the same with the players. Don't think he's changing his style or our style. He's adapting to the situation he's got, and uh, I think it'll work for him in the end. That's a key yeah. word there, George, adapt, because with the five yeah. teams that we played this season, five yeah. different styles of football, five totally yeah. different games, yeah. Liverpool, smash and grab raid, uh, Aston Villa, we were on the front foot and we destroyed them, Man City, Man City play a, play a, a pressing, passing game, and and uh, Brighton, or Brighton just play a very, very quick counter-attacking game um, that catch it out. And then, then we get to Brighton, where it was it was probably a game that suited us. But by then, we'd had the stuffing kicked out from the from three of the previous four, so we had to get back to winning ways. And we had the cup match on my mind. I think now we've got that out of the way. I think that I think we've, we've I think that, that that we're now in a situation where we can build on two clean sheets as well. I think that's important. And yeah, Eddie's bound to have to change the style of play somewhat, uh, given the personnel he's got that are available. And I tell you what, the the, the probably the, the most interesting thing he said in his press conference, there was three three little pieces. One, that um, Callum Wilson, we have to watch what he's doing. We have to manage, his, manage him in training and we have to manage his output and manage what, what we do with him to make sure that we get the best out of him in games because we want them for the whole season. You mentioned that Tonali has not played and not trained properly for a month. I haven't heard anyone, press or fans, mention that whatsoever. So all those people who think they know what's going on have no idea what's going on. No. Um, so that's, that's the second one. Um, I've lost my track on the third one because it was a really good one as well. But you know what I mean? This is this is the nature of, of, of the pressure. You know, everybody thinks they know what's gone wrong at Newcastle. Everybody thinks they can put a finger on it. And Eddie Howe comes out at a press conference and he completely blows you away. So 
You know, we, we've, we've just got... The, the only man who knows what's really happening at Newcastle, other than the players themselves, is Eddie Howe. So just let him get on with the job. Let's not yeah. try and guess him, third guess him, or try and criticise him for things that we just have no idea about. The other thing he's demonstrated and hasn't just, and hasn't just talked about is that the players that demonstrate and train to him that they're ready or they're doing something special getting the team and you, do, you can see he does it I mean I don't I didn't expect I was surprised I would have been surprised to see Jacob Murphy on the on the subs bench the other night and he's in the team and what a performance so obviously there was something in Eddie's mind about how would play and how Jacob could fit into that and, and he went I, you know I just yeah we, we, we've got to trust them a little bit a little bit more because there's there's more to it and I'm I'm Encouraged, shall we say, by some of the things that are changing. It's not just wholesale change for change's sake. He's adapting things to uh, uh, how he wants them to play and all the rest of it. The other thing people have completely forgot is Brentford were a 10 run game unbeaten. They were beating everybody twice to beat Spurs in that unbeaten run. And yet we managed to get we get a we get a point. Uh, not a point, we'll get three points off a team that, that had that run and a goalless, a, a clean sheet at the same time. Okay, we're uh, over halfway through the show, it's time for the ad. A big thanks to all our sponsors, Skips and Bins. You can find them at skipsandbins.com or telephone 0800 2545 Email inquiries at skipsandbins.com. Website skipsandbins.com. Easy contract free and pay as you go waste collection. Big thanks to Mr. Vicky's Sources Handmade in Cumbria. You can order them from their website, mrvickys.co.uk, or by telephoning 01768 A big thanks also to New Workwear. Uh, you can find them at newworkwear.com. They're an agile and dedicated workwear provider. Welcome back as well to United Travel. Uh, they are a UK coaches firm and they are based in uh, the Northeast. They've got 2024 tours and you can contact them on 01670 632 460 or mobile 0791 4174. Email info at com, and they've got a website which is unitedgrouptravel.com. There's no strangers on there to us, just people you haven't met yet. Big thanks to them for their sponsorship. Big thanks as well to Media Arts, and they supply all the video technology. If you want to become a member and get a cup, a pen, a membership card, and a scarf, then get your smartphone and put it over this QR code. It will take you straight to the membership pack. It's a £25 one-off fee. You can also go to NUFC Matters website and search membership pack to book today. If you want to help the channel, then subscribe to it by hitting the subscribe button. Hit the thumb up under the video to like the video and click share to share to your other social media. We're also available as a podcast on iTunes, Spotify and other podcast providers. Don't forget, we help the food bank on this channel. If you want to do so virtually, Go to nufcfansfoodbank.co.uk and make a donation today. The Alan Sheila raffle is back on. 
150 tickets, £1 a ticket, win a limited edition signed Alan Shearer ball. End of the day at nufcmatters.com. Okay, just a couple of other things. Don't forget the Cayman Trivia signed print is still up for grabs. It's a pound. Uh, there's only 25 of these left. Uh, one winner drawn at random. NUFCmatters.com to enter that today. And uh, the I've uh, never seen a Macam Milan Champions League t-shirts with all of our Champions League group stage fixtures. Jordy's on tour. Uh, those t-shirts are available as well from NUFCmatters.com. Uh, our Christmas get-together um, is an evening with Frank Clark and John Gibson, Thursday, December the 7th at the Tainside Irish Centre. Tickets £15 from NUFCmatters.com as well. And if you're looking for Christmas presents for Newcastle fans, Think no more than going to this. Class of 84, this looks brilliant. Uh, tickets available from 08442491000. And uh, Keegan, Beardsley and Waddle are going to be there. There's going to be more guests announced uh, from that particular team. Um, so keep an eye on the local press for details. But uh, yeah, uh, the Tain Theatre and Opera House on Westcote Road, you can ring the box, box office 08442491000. Keegan, Waddle and Beardsley back in town 25th of January 2024. And uh, now that John is off his sickbed, we are going to start the Food Bank t-shirts again. Uh, so tonight, uh, in, in commemoration of uh, Newcastle United getting back into the Champions League, uh, and uh, Rob Lee, if you remember, scored a wonderful hat-trick of headers against Antwerp uh, many moons ago in the 90s. Uh, well, he has signed this t-shirt. Uh, there it is. He signatures at the top. Rob Lee, number seven, of course. Uh, so that is a T-shirt which I've stuck on my Twitter, at Steve Rafe, if you go to that. Uh, I've pinned it at the top. Uh, same rules apply as always. Place a bid. You can start at the pound underneath. And uh, the winning bid next Friday will be the uh, the winner of the T-shirt. And we will announce it. And all proceeds from that T-shirt will go directly to the food bank. So please get yourself onto Twitter. Give us a follow and uh, make your bid Today and uh, the Northeast Breakfast Show. Wow, it's now uh, one month old, uh, and I've had a lot of fun with this uh, with Ryan and Maka, uh, the new uh, the Middlesbrough and Sunderland fans. Uh, you can tune in on the Tune Radio uh, on DAB Radio, smart speakers, uh, and online. Uh, get yourself on seven or nine if you want a football wake up call for your breakfast. Uh, think no further than that channel. Uh, it is well worth tuning into. Now, because Steve has to depart in 15 minutes, um, then it's a good time to get the lookalikes in. Not compulsory, you know. I don't well, have to be there for them. You do, because <laughs> it, half of them revolve around you. Um, but it, it's got to be said, it's got to be said, since Keith departed the show many moons ago, uh, there are less and less of Steve Hasty. There are a few, of course. Uh, Alan got this one in late, lookalike, uh, for next week's Amigo show. Well, I managed to squeeze it in tonight. That is pretty good. Predator and some kind of puffer fish. This one's from Rita, Mr. Yeah, Hasty. You know, I knew you were going to say that was from Rita. I should have just waited and said, that's from Rita, isn't it, Steve? Well, there's Rita, his little smiling face in the bottom corner, smiling and sending in lookalikes. He looky like he's of you. Uh, there's Rita again, uh, Chuck Louise and uh, a tarantula, which um, I, can, I can see. Yeah, I mean, he, he's getting it in the neck as well. Um, Stefano Pioli and John Malkovich. That's a yeah. good one, Rita. Another good Very one. Cheers. We've had this one before, I think, Alan, but uh, Axel Rose and Benny Hill. Very good. Definitely a similarity there. Tom Dixon, Fernandino, and Rubinio. Mm -hmm. So 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 so. 
Uh, Zabi Alonso and Jason Bateman from Tom. Yes, yes. The hair's too thick on Jason, I think. Yeah. Um, that's, not a, that's not a winner this week. Kolarov and Gabby. That's pretty good. That is. Tis, good. Tis. Look like brothers. Look like brothers. Yeah. Easily. Uh, Andy Carroll and the Edge. Not the Edge from you two, but uh, he looks like some kind of wrestling guy. Yeah. And Ben Jacobs and Deirdre Barlow. Yeah. <laughs> I'm sure Ben will love the comparison. Ann Kirk Bride, she was called. Not she's not actually called Deirdre Barlow. A tree stump and a human fingerprint from uh, Sam, which is he says this is a different lookalike. It's clever though. Yes, clever one. Thinking outside the box there, Sam, but it didn't win this week. Uh Milos Kirkes and Matt Damon. The problem is the Kirkos photographs too far away. So I, I, again, that that's not a winner this week. Uh, this one uh, is that Wayne Lineker, um, <laughs> the guy in the middle. It's the guy who does the kits, isn't it? Chippers. Yeah. Um, and Paul Rocky Tune, uh, Evan Almighty, and Roland of Tears for Fears. Yes. Good one, Paul. Yes, that wasn't bad. It wasn't bad. But I'm being harsh this week. You might you might be able to tell uh, that Macam in Milan and Jacob Reese Mogg. That is, that is good. yeah. Not a, not the winner though. Uh, not the winner this week. Uh, this one from Chippers, Steve Hasty selfie, nineteen eighty five. Very specific with nineteen eighty five. Yeah, there. it is, isn't it? Uh, I'll put this one second, Ray, because uh, you sent in a couple. Look like you tell me that's not Hasty. I mean, that does look like you, the woman, not the dog. You know, lad, I'm worried. I'm worried now. That does look like it could be. A, it could be a sister. I think that, I think yeah, that genuinely I, I genuinely think that looks a bit like Steve. I think that that's why I've given it second place. This is the, this is the winner this week, and I think I think Mitchell like this. Big John McGrath. Aye. Looks like Mitch. Mitch. <laughs> Have you ever had that comparison? Never, but I'd take it all day long. <laughs> I do, would I? Gaza, that's a winner this week, son. I think that's an absolute well, even, I really the, I, I think that looks like Mitch. Even the dimple nearly. <laughs> Even got what didn't. There you go. Uh, so that is that is. See, I told you there's not many of them. Uh, it's all it's all tweets of the week uh, that we get sent these days. No lookalikes, uh, but uh, keep them coming in. Send them to us. We'll get them featured on the show. Okay, so because Steve is departing at half past, we are going to change things around. Sheffield United away from home um, this weekend, and Newcastle go to Bramall Lane, four thirty kickoff, uh, live on Sky Sports. All the uh, away tickets have been sold as usual. Uh, the team news: Well, only Joe Linton and Joe Willock uh, remain on the sidelines, of course, along with Emil Kraft, who is back in training but won't be anywhere near making a, a return to to play for the next few weeks. Martin Dubravka, we had it confirmed that he is ill. Uh, that is why he wasn't involved in the Champions League. Uh, we know that uh, Tonali and Isaac are both available, despite Tonali not training a great deal over the last month. Uh, and uh, Isaac has been uh, carrying a little bit of a niggle in his knee. So, um, you know, one would imagine potentially a change up top. Wilson coming in. Wilson is fine, firing on all cylinders and ready to go. Uh, Anthony Gordon, it's worth pointing out, has collected four bookings this season and is now one game, uh, one yellow card away from a suspension. He has definitely been doing the work of Joe Linton. That is for certain. Uh, as for Sheffield United, well, Ollie McBurney will be missing due to suspension. And uh, there was uh, talk of Baldock having a, um, 
a late fitness test, but uh, there was no mention of that in Heckenbottom's press conference today, so maybe he is okay now. No other players seem to be um, injured. Uh, this isn't a this isn't a great season so far for Sheffield United. One point to their name, which came in a two-two draw with Everton at Bramall Lane. Uh, they've been beaten at home by Crystal Palace and Man City, and they've beaten uh, been beaten on the road by Nottingham Forest and Spurs. Stuart Atwell makes a quick return to the middle in a Newcastle game. He was in charge when we got beat at Brighton three-one. Let's hope that's not Norman. Uh, so he's the referee. And on VAR, which is often switched off in Newcastle games, is Darren England. Uh, yes. Steve, we'll come to you first, mate. Just in case um, we, you know, we, we lose you because because your car arrives or whatever. But from from your perspective, how do you see this game going? It's going. I think it's going to be an interesting game. I think I think there'll be a great atmosphere, Steve. I think that's what you get at Bramall Lane. Um, you know, the the the, the, the Blades fans get very much behind that team. Um, you know, the there's that sort of like edge when you go to go to Sheffield and you go to Bramall Lane. Um, and there always has been. There's always been a, a little bit of an edge down there, and they're quite proud that, that you know they're they're a they're a good fan group for getting behind their team. I think um, I think what's going to be interesting is is how we line up. The thing with the thing with Sheffield is that they might have lost, you know, dropped dropped points apart from that one game against Everton, but they're losing two one every time. You know, two one, two one, two one, which shows you that they're especially that last week against Tottenham. I mean, that game went on for about 45 minutes after the 90 minutes was up, or at least it seemed that way. And that's why Higginbottom went absolutely scatty. I think uh, I think they scored in something like the 98th and 101st minute or something. It was ridiculous, the amount of, of time that was added on. Um, and there was even time in that period for someone to get sent off as well. Um and it, it showed you, I mean, against a very good Tottenham team at the moment who are playing some some decent football, but uh, they were very, very unlucky to, to not come away with at least a point, if not all three. Um, and I think that's probably why Higginbottom reacted in the manner that he did. Um, it's probably a fine and possibly a, a, a touchline ban awaiting him. Um, certainly a fine because uh, that's what the uh, that's what the FA are like these days. They'll do anything to, to squeeze money out of out of any indiscipline, um, it's like a cash cow for them, isn't it? Um, I thought what he said was was okay, actually, to be perfectly honest. I thought it was refreshing that they had a manager who had the guts to come out and say what he what he felt. Um, a lot of it depends on what Newcastle how how we line up. Um, as you say, you know, if you've got the likes of Tonali who hasn't been training, and you've also got. Um, Isak, who's been carrying an injury. You've got Gordon, who's on four yellow cards. You've got Bruno on three yellow cards. Um, it's uh, you've, you've got you've got Botman, who only just came back after a knee injury. Um, will he use any of the squad? Will if he did bring anyone in, I would imagine a, a head of Libramento would be Hall. I think that's probably you know looking at it that way because you've got you've got Trippier, who is. Absolutely outstanding in midweek. I've never, you know, it's a long, long time since I've seen a captain's performance like that. I mean, he was all over the pitch. And when they say people lead by example, dear me, did he not? Um, and if the rest of the squad can pick up from where they left off and then they can raise their game that little bit more and take something from the triple in, I think that we could certainly be coming away with uh, three points 
on Sunday evening. Um, there'll be a, 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 a another large fan following. Um, the two and army will be out in force in Sheffield, and uh, it's live on TV. And I'm looking forward to it, Steve. I'm gonna. Do you want me prediction now? Yes, give us your prediction yeah, now, I'm, mate. I'm gonna go for. I'm gonna go up a two-one in Newcastle, just because they love two ones, and none of them have gone their way. I'm gonna see a, a two-one win to Newcastle. Okay, Mitch. Sheffield United are a curious club. Um, a Saudi prince owner that nobody talks about, <laughs> who doesn't like to spend money, who currently has the um, club up for sale still. Uh, during that promotion season, for most of the season, they were subject to financial restrictions by the Football League. Uh, behind the scenes, they're all over the place. I gather they were turning the lights off through the week to save money on the electric bills at one point last season. That's how kind of position they, they were in. Um, they've actually sold talent rather than bought it when they got promoted to the Premier League. Um, and for me, they're absolutely right for the picking. Uh, they, they should be. They've shown some fight and spirit that I guess that's what Bottom's in there to do, is to, to make the best of what he's got and, and, and deal with it and create at least a little bit of a siege mentality. It's always an interesting ground to go to. Um, it's not the most hostile of grounds, but they're passionate supporters. Uh, they never support us are, particularly, particularly had a, an issue with in the past, and you know you wish them all success, but except against us. Um, do they, the one thing that game against showed, the Spurs showed when they went into the 108th minute or something like that, was they certainly don't have the fitness levels we have. Um, Spurs don't have the fitness levels we have. And, and Sheffield United most certainly didn't. Um, so, again, it's one of these games, if you go there, apply ourselves, do what we know we can do and behave like we know we can and put the effort in and we should reap the reward. It should be there. It's, it's up to us what we do. And it's a game where we could do whatever we want. Um, I think it's one of those ones, like Villa, if we got into them early, I could see Sheffield United fall. Um, but there's no easy game like that in the Premier League. We know this. And so all we can do is go and apply ourselves the way that we know we can and deliver the the level of intensity that we know we can. And, and that, for me, is, that's what I want to see now, is an intensity going forward that we perhaps didn't show in San Siro. And doesn't that sound good? <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah, OK, your prediction with the dice... The dice is here, and the prediction says Sheffield United nil, Newcastle United two. Okay, two nil, which is uh, great to see. It's another clean sheet. Let's hope that is true. Uh, got a few minutes before Steve goes. I think we'll just have time to get your prediction and that in, George. What do you see for this game, George? Um, a workmanlike performance is how I'd describe it. They know they know what they're going to do. They know what they're going to expect. Now I'd be very disappointed if we didn't come away with a with a uh, a nice tidy two nil win. This, I would have two nil as my prediction. Um, Bramalian has a soft spot for me because uh, um, when I played uh, with the with the juniors at Newcastle, the, one of the first games I got in the ends team, the nursery team, rather than the junior team, 
with the big lads, as I thought they were, um, was at Bramall Lane in an FA Youth Cup game. And Sheffield United decided, because it was a Youth Cup game against another big team, uh, that they would uh, that would let them play on Bramall Lane instead of at their, their training ground outside the city. Um, the interesting thing about that is, of course, Ted Hughes, who was to run the ends, because it was a, an early Saturday morning kickoff, persuaded the club to let him take one to a hotel, just to bloody Sheffield, mind you. And went to Sheffield in a bus and stayed in a hotel so it could get up early the next morning to have this game. Um, those were the days. Uh, so it, it, that's got a bit of soft spot, but I wasn't any soft spot for, for what's coming out of there because I want a good good 2 0 victory. Um, and I think you're absolutely right about Callum Wilson. He'll come back roaring like a lion, like he did last time, to give the, uh, Isaac a chance to, to recover and uh, other things like that. Um, it'd be sad if Anthony Gordon uh, got a got a suspension. But on the other hand, I want Anthony Gordon that's playing like a tiger at the moment. I want that Anthony Gordon to stay there. I don't want him to go anywhere else. I think Barnes could be important tomorrow as well. Um because the, I don't think Sheffield have, have stacked with pace at the back. I think they're a bit slow. Um, yeah, 2-0 to Newcastle in a um, workman-like performance, I'd call it. Yeah, I've gone for 2-0 as well. Uh, Steve, um, conscious of the fact you've got to get off. Enjoy yep. tonight, mate. I know where you're Thank going. You. So have a, have a good night. And um, we will see you uh, for the uh, Geordies here. Geordies there. Yep. Uh, next week we'll have to uh, look at the arrangements because uh, Jordy said Jordy's there of course is normally on a Wednesday I think we'll have to move it to the Tuesday has to be a little bit of movement around because of the game on Wednesday but Steve have a good night tonight and uh, look forward to seeing you then take yeah. care mate thanks all the best Steve take care uh, good to see Steve uh, it is coming up to half past six and as always uh, we do have uh, slightly out of sync because wanted to get Steve's prediction we do have Toon Statoil <laughs> Sheffield United at Bramall Lane, away from home. So far this season we have lost our two games away from home. And when you compare this versus last season when we lost three away from home for the total season, it doesn't make for a good reading. Actually, the last time that we lost three consecutive games away was back in April 2022. Last season we not only lost only three points, but we gained eight wins and eight draws, which makes it 32 points. So let's hope that we resume this this Sunday. When it comes to our performance against newly promoted sites, since we lost uh, to Leeds at home back in January 2021, we are on a run of 14 games undefeated against newly promoted clubs, seven wins and seven draws. We have played at Bramall Lane four times in the Premier League. We have won two and lost two, including the last one again back in 2021, when, of course, Sheffield United registered their first win of the season. Actually, it's been a very tough start for the newly promoted clubs in the Premier League this season. They have only two points out of 39 combined between Luton, Burnley and Sheffield United. Also, Sheffield United are the team with the most attempted long passes, the most faced shots and the fewest shots against any opposition. At the same time, both Newcastle and Sheffield United have accumulated 17 cards since the beginning of the season, the most in the Premier League. Newcastle with 17 yellows, Sheffield United with 16 yellows and one red card. So we have all the conditions for a classic on Sunday. Away the lads.
Okay, uh, next up is uh, Scunny Mag, and he gives you your insight into Sheffield United away. Hi folks, Scunny Mag Paul here with another away day guide for Eddie's Champions League mags. Officially kicked off in the Champions League now. Managed a draw away at Milan. Cracking result. Roll on PSG at home. Anyway, we've got Sheffield United coming up. Let's get into it. Grounds White Central, the city, 20 minutes or so walk from the train station. If you are going on the train, Sheffield City Centre is your nearest railway station. If you're driving in, some people have done it in the past, driven to Meadow Hall, it's free parking there, and then you can tram into the city. It takes about 20 minutes if you park in the city centre. There's pretty limited parking around the ground. The club have teamed up with a local multi-story car park. Your postcode for that is Sierra 14 Quebec Whiskey, and your what three words for the entrance is they direct bets you can pre-book use the qr code and then if you use the promo code sufc day when booking it's five pound for a match day which is pretty reasonable uh, for those coming on train you've got the howard and the globe just outside the train station they've both been popular in the past the howard's straight across the road bottom of the hill and if they're full the globe just up the top of the same hill is really handy as well always popular with traveling fans for the howard your what three words is friday thruff mount and for the globe your what three words is making trout string there is the newest weatherspoons in the city on ecclesall road which is not too far away from the ground uh, so you're going to be at the sheaf island it's built on the site of the old wards brewery or wards as they call it in Sheffield. And your what three words for that one is Menu Caves Clubs. So when you are ready to head down to the stadium, we're in the first third of the stand as you reach it, actually on Bramall Lane. And we are turnstiles 18 to 20, and we'll be housed in the bottom tier of that stand behind the goal. Have a cracking day, and enjoy the game. I can't... <laughs> I can't help but chuckle sometimes at the what three words, like just because of Mitch's, yeah. uh, what Mitch said a few uh, shows back. Yeah, Sydney, I love this. He says, love yeah. <laughs> if Mitch's dice was accurate, we would be world beaters. <laughs> yeah, it, it never predicts a loss. Uh, we think it's just it, it just predicts wins, uh, which which isn't a bad thing. Which isn't a bad thing. Um, okay, uh, let's where we're going to go next. We've got half an hour to go. Um, okay, quick one for George here from Paul. He says, "Can you remember the boxing wrestling hall at the back of the Gallagher, George? Yeah. I used to go there after the games in the sixties. He says, "Yeah, well, yes." Um, again, talking about occasions, if there was something special on in St James's Hall, uh, as as well as it was a match, um, it was not not unusual for our lot just to pile into St James's Hall after the game, watch watch the wrestling or the boxing, um, and then there was a period when I was with uh, it was End Boys Club, and they decided they would enter the the uh, National Association of Boys Clubs Boxing Championship, and uh, it was held at St James's uh, Hall. Um, I was amongst the kids that went, but I never actually boxed. I went in. Um, first time somebody hit me nose, the coach said, No, nah, you're not going to make it, bunny lad, because it was blood all over the bloody place. Um, it, uh, yeah, I remember it uh, fondly. Um, it was sometimes for, for a little while, um, as when we were sort of in my late teenage. Um, a somewhere people went before they went on to the Oxford and places like that. They used to go in and see the wrestling and have a right rowdy shout and do everything else, and then, then go on to the Oxford or somewhere like that for the dance. But yeah, I remember it fondly. It was a, it was a calling place. 
All right, okay. Uh, Jonathan, we did cover this on previous shows. The answer was no, I think, comprehensively from everybody about Ivan Tony, and I don't think Ivan Tony would want to come back. But the fact that he spent uh, a few quid um, on betting against Newcastle, um, you know, probably is one of the reasons why a lot of Newcastle fans wouldn't want him. Yeah, but uh, yeah, I don't think I don't think that's going to be an option, and I don't think yeah. Ivan Tony would would want to come back. Um, I've got to be perfectly honest. But the overriding opinion on the show was no. I don't want to go back down that rabbit hole. Same as I don't want to cover tickets. Um, people asking us about tickets. I'm not asking. I'm not doing anything about tickets tonight because it just ruins the show. Um, we end up going down a rabbit hole for half an hour. Um, we'll talk about it if we need to talk about it. But if you want to hear what our views are on tickets and look back over the last few weeks, we've discussed it until the cows have come home. There's absolutely nothing we can do about it. So uh, I think we'll, we'll just uh, we'll park the bus on that for now. Stu Aces, speaking of attacking options, great to see Minty getting Champions League experience for Feyenoord. Will be a great addition to the squad next year. Or would you recall him in January, Mitch? No, I think to give him the full year, he's, he's doing very, very well at Feyenoord. I think Feyenoord's been a fantastic match. Um for what we want to see out of him. And he's getting Champions League experience in that too. And so we get back probably a far more rounded player and actually make positive use of the loan system, which is, again, this is progress off the pitch that we need to be seeing. Okay. George, would you bring Mindy back in January or would you agree no, with I, Neil? And... I agree with Neil. If he's, if he's getting minutes on the pitch for them, which he appears he is too, then, then that's that's good experience which we can capitalise on when he does eventually come back. So no, I wouldn't, I wouldn't bring him back if he's if he's if he's doing a job and he's getting a game, that's fine. And, and as long as our people are keeping an eye on him, uh, no, I wouldn't bring him back. Right, okay, lads. What do you think of Steve Bruce's comments this week? I've not heard Steve. Gee, I mean, oh, Diamond. He's not been on again, has he? Uh, saying yeah. Daggy Sunis and Big Sam all warned him the manager's job at Newcastle is an impossible job. He's clearly not having much uh, luck getting any work, uh, Mitch. He's still rabbiting on about us. Like I've said before, he's got this fantastic ability to use his pals in the media to rewrite history, and Steve Bruce's revisionist history um, is what is being put out there as gospel. Um, how much is truth, how much is fiction, how much is somewhere in between, I don't know. I don't particularly care. Um, do I think that Daglish has said that to him? No. Do I think Sunes has said that? Absolutely. He's a bit out far too. Really couldn't make it at Castle United and is bitter about it. And has Big Sam had something to say about it? Probably, but his biggest statement was calling his bloody villa in Spain that he bought with the money that he got for his payoff, Casas and James. So again, how relevant is he now in modern football to listen to any tribe like that? I'm just not interested. Me neither. Uh, they're both absolute knackers, Bruce and uh, well. uh, and, 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 and uh, Big Sam. Uh, I, I couldn't give a monkey's what they say. Let them crack on, George. Yeah, yeah. And uh, I've got to say, it, it's puzzling how easy an interview was from Simon Jordan. He never interrupted yeah. him. You know, it was just a, it was a Steve Bruce monologue. It wasn't really an interview. It was a monologue. And I, I just found that all awful. Um, even the stuff he said about Ashley, I, I found difficult to swallow. Um, the, uh, I, I think I've said before and he had, uh, when he's, when people have gone on about him is that uh, I'm still worried about the man. 
I think he need, he needs help to get Newcastle United out of his system somehow because he's, he's definitely got a he's got a black spot. There's no doubt about it, and we are it at the moment, unless he gets another job somewhere else. And and all his mates are doing their best to try and get him in somewhere. Um, but no, I, I it, it wasn't a for me. It wasn't a proper interview. It was like a monologue. Simon Simon Jordan fed a line, and Steve Bruce went on for five yeah. minutes with each line. It was it, it was, was awful. It was like an infomercial, wasn't it? Yes. He was yeah. selling himself. Yeah. Really. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. I mean, Eddie Howe talks about consistency, and I'm pretty consistent whenever Steve Bruce comes on because I do, I go to the off button and I just turn it and, <laughs> and, and, and I don't hear a word he says. So the only the only time that I hear about uh, Eddie Howe, uh, about Steve Bruce, I'm afraid, is when people mention it in the chat. So uh, I'll, I will continue with that. And Clifton Fandango says Steve Bruce could spell monologue. He probably invented the word, mate. He, he, yeah. But he can't rewrite history. He's a poor manager. He did a good job uh, with West Brom after us. Uh, yeah, Gary, you are right, mate. He is absolutely useless, mate. Absolutely useless. Okay, uh, so I'll tell you something that isn't useless. This music. <laughs> The day I met, we're asking you to send in photographs of you meeting somebody famous from Newcastle United, past or present. And here it is, Moza and Alan uh, meeting up with Tino Aspria outside the ground uh, at the Liverpool game yeah. uh, with, with his hat on. Uh, great photo, Moza and Alan. Thank you for sending that in. And if you've got a photograph uh, that you want to share with the masses on the Three Amigos on NUFC Matters on a Friday night and the day I met so I can play this really lovely music, uh, then send it to me <laughs> or the lads on social media and we will endeavour to make you famous for five minutes. Couple of, couple of other questions. Tom Dixon sent this one in. Question for the panel. Do you think Luton will go down without winning a game in the Premier League, Mitch? No. They've got to win something somewhere. Yeah. Um, I think I said early on in the season, I think it will be a very, very, very big gap from the bottom eight this season to everybody above. And so in that morass to try and save their souls, they'll pick some three points up somewhere. Okay, I, I believe they'll win a game at some point. Um, I don't think they'll go down. I think they might break the record. I think they might get, you know, whoever holds the record. It used to be Sunderland, but I believe it's a Derby now or something. Derby? Yeah. yeah. And you know, um, you know who they got four of those points off? Newcastle. Yep, as always. Um, predictable. But yeah, I think they might break that record. But I, I can't expect, I can't see them getting a couple of wins, um, certainly along the way. George, what about you? Do you think they'll... Do you no, think... that little little ground it is at Kenilworth Road will uh, be enough to uh, fight one of the lower league, lower down teams for them to get a, to get a victory, I think. 
Um, no, I, I don't see them going a whole season without. But I think you're right, though, Steve. I think they're, 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 if you want an easy bet, the easy bet is to me that they're going to break the record for the fewest points. I think that that's a, that could be a stone wall on that one. Yep. Okay. Uh, another question came in from John earlier on. He says, "Do you think Adidas will explore stadium sponsorship as part of their new Newcastle United partnership?" Mitch, I'm pretty convinced from the numbers that are being bandied around, it's more than kit. Yeah. Is it stadium? Is it training ground? Is it a bit of every? I don't know. Stadium's the one I've been suggested is the way they're going to look at boosting the amount of money that Adidas put into the club. Um, and I think if it is done that way, it'll be done with sensitivity and respect to the name of the ground. Okay, George. Yeah, I think so as well. Um, you see, all of, I think all the fuss about the name of the stadium with Ashley was the way where you did it more than anything. If yeah. somebody had come and said so many million just to call it, um, some, something at St James's or whatever, so that St James's stayed, he wouldn't have had any problem. But he, he was sneaking, trying to leave the bloody name off the wall while people were asleep. <laughs> no, Adidas aren't going to be doing that. They, they'll do well, something very sen sensitively and uh, uh, not just sensitively, but sensible as well, I think, is uh, more to the point. Yeah, they, they hadn't even warned the then press officer that the guys were coming with a crowbar at 7am to come and take St James <laughs> off the wall and she was like clapping in front of a journalist you know um, like many things under Ashley it wasn't the idea per se it was the way it was executed yeah. and I think any stadium name and deal with Adidas with the current ownership will be done with a degree of respect to St James's Park and that's well, all I mean, just, just to put it in context if he'd come out and said alright let's call it uh, Sports Direct at St James's Park, mm. I'll give you, I'll give you ten million a year. I think people would have took that, but not where he yes. did. <laughs> no. Okay, I uh, got another uh, thing from Tom Dixon, which is which is a good point. I've not really discussed that this week, but uh, he says the Premier League three pm blackout means more slots for televised games could be opened up, including one that would see Premier League games kick off six thirty on Sunday evenings. I mean, Mitch, again, complete disregard for the football fan. Yeah. We've talked about this God knows how many times over the last three years on this platform. They don't give an absolute flying whatever about the fans. Um, a 6.30 Sunday kickoff. i bring you back to the comment we made the other day. Global audience. That's what that's to seek. Yeah. That suits people in different parts of the world. It doesn't suit people in the UK, it may do in front of the telly as an alternate to songs of praise, but it certainly doesn't help this travelling fan who at 6.30 on a Sunday doesn't have many options once the game's finished to get home. Not that they care about that, and certainly won't care about it when they move a game to 6.30 with a yeah. seven-day or an eight-day notice, when people have already got things booked that they've then got to rearrange and may not have the ability to get a refund. Um, the, the absolute disrespect the way football, tell, particularly broadcasters, but they are enabled to do this by the football authorities 
because again I take you back to when I was chair of the trust and wrote the football league the, the, the reply that me and Steve Hasty got pretty much said what Sky says goes and there's nothing we can do about it and so for me then that's just says everything so 6.30 on a Sunday yeah and it'll probably be born with the way yeah Brighton. Up Brighton, you know, but it and it isn't just us that gets it. The Mackhams get it as well. Southampton get it. They had to do a twelve thirty at Mackhams on a Saturday. That's that's a horrendous journey from Southampton to Sunderland um, to do on a Saturday that more that time of day. Um, you know, the 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 show repeatedly that they just don't care. It's about the broadcast audience and it's about the broadcast money. That's it. Okay, uh, we got another question in from Barry. He says, hi, Steve, Mitch and Mr. Newcastle. Have you discussed the story that Tonali hasn't trained properly for nearly five weeks? How far off with fitness is the guy? Yeah, I found that interesting yeah. in the press conference today. I mean, you know, something that we've heard um, from Eddie Howe today, uh, you know... It, it, I don't think it's really affected him that much. He still looks fit. He did look sluggish, you know, in the game. It was a little bit against uh, Brentford. Um, but was it Brentford or was it AC Milan? There's that many games coming thick and fast. There's one where he looked slightly sluggish. It might have been the Milan. Brentford. It was I the Brentford. It was the Brentford game. I mean, it's a surprise to hear that when, you know, when, again, when, when you point back to the fact that Elliot Anderson had such a good pre season. Uh, you know, I often wonder how he might feel when when he's not getting the opportunity. You know what I mean? It's I, I don't know. What what what's your what's your thoughts on hearing that he hasn't trained for nearly four or five weeks properly? Eddie, Eddie's obviously obviously seen enough. Yeah, and is happy enough. Yeah. Otherwise, he's shown with other players he will put you on the bench and he will keep hold you back. He did it to Bruno. He did it to Gordon. Um, so. Um, and I think that's probably why Hall hasn't slotted straight into the setup, for for example. So um, he's obviously happy with the contribution and happy what he sees when he does train. So yep. again, if we're going to play the Eddie in any way trust card, we still got to trust him until the wheels come off. Yeah, um, yeah finished the match with the ice pack on his ankle. Um, many other players finish games like that it doesn't necessarily mean anything for the next game unless it's a significant injury Yeah. and so exactly what he's seen in training he's obviously happy enough to put him in yeah. that's the way we've got to look at it I think and Eddie we uh, trust George yeah definitely and he did the same with Botman didn't he look how long Botman was eased into the team when he came as well. No, I, I think uh, the fact that Tonali even gets on the pitch tells you that uh, what Eddie, Eddie Howe's saying he likes. Um, the other thing that uh, people forget nowadays is that if you are injured and days gone by, you didn't play. Nowadays, there's some injuries where it's actually um, not entirely the uh, bad thing for you to actually move and, and, and play and not let things stiffen up. So um, I think there'll be a bit of that in it as well. And it, as Neil says, if, if Eddie Howe's seen enough of uh, what Tonali's doing in training midweek and still enough to let him uh, get on the pitch, then, then fine, that suits me. 
and clearly he's he's bringing them off as well. So I no, I've, I've got no problems with it. I, again, trusting Eddie, I think is uh, yeah. and the science. If you remember, they're, they're more science based now than they ever have been uh, in football. Yeah, Barry, we did talk, touch on this a little bit earlier, so you may not have uh, tuned in early enough to, to hear that, but we did talk a little bit about that earlier. Roadblock, thanks for the £5 donation. Tell me I'm wrong, but I reckon we'll always call it St James's Park, regardless of its official name. Yeah. That's just harking back to the, the Adidas rumour. But yeah, I mean, it's a lot different than the Mike Ashley era, isn't it, where uh, he comes in and changes the name just out of spite of, to rail everybody up and get us biting. Um, but, you know, if we're getting a massive amount of money um, you know, for a change, we'll always call it St James's Park, won't we, George? Yeah, well, um, well, you can you can think of the name yourself. What's wrong with Adidas at St James's Park? Exactly. Yeah. You know, I mean, you know, and that would do me. It, 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 if it's done sensitively and not uh, doesn't trash the traditions at all, uh, there's no reason why it should even be an argument. If the club's going to get a, a substantial amount of money to go with it, and uh, as I say, Adidas at St James's Park would do me nicely. Yeah, Mitch, same as me, really. To be honest, and yeah, I, I can't see the, I can't see anybody being upset when when they know how much money we're getting. There, there are so many things that Ashley could have done very differently, without it being abrasive. And we've talked about this in the past. We've talked about times that Steve and I, in particular, had chatted, speak to our good friend Derek about some of the things. And off the record, he was was always like, yeah, kind of get that. Yeah. But there had to be this sort of pantomime villain thing always ongoing with it. And it always had to be a scurbic and it always had to be abrasive towards the fan base. It was always done in a, in a, a international break weekend when the thought was, well, it's got two weeks to calm down before they're back at St James's Park and they might forget about it by then and not sing so many nasty songs. And it, was, it was just always about the way things were executed, not about the thought process or the actual act. Our fan base has proved repeatedly in the last few years how bloody switched on they are in every way, shape and form. And there's absolutely no way if you turned around the fan base and said, look, we can get 10 million for this every year and that's 10 million I don't have to put into the club and that's 10 million that'll go towards a new player for you every year. And all you've got to do is accept that the fact that St James's Park is going to have something tagged on the front or the back. And we would always have called it St James's Park. And yeah... It's rolling with the times, etc. But we would have understood it, and for the majority, would have gone on with it and under and and and, and went with it. Um, it. It drives me nuts that he could have done so many things so much so differently, but he didn't because he chose not to. Yeah, thoughts thought on the Champions League kit with a white panel? I actually prefer it. Yeah, Sean. Uh, I mean, I, I I've got to be for, honest. For me, that's the way we should always have a red number on the back of our shirt on a white yeah. panel. Yeah, Go and have a look yeah. at the pictures of Super Mac playing in it. Yeah, and tell me, yeah. tell me, it doesn't look glorious. All the way, it... all the way back to Jackie Milburn. <laughs> yeah. And on good evening, yes, we're very happy, mate. We discussed it earlier on in this show. We're, we're delighted, mate. We're back in Europe. We've learned a lot from that game. Eddie Howe's delighted. Uh, the players uh, will see how they cope on Sunday. They haven't trained a great deal since they got back. That's what we learned from the press conference. But uh, and on things are looking up, mate. It's uh, it's a lot more positive uh, than it was a couple of weeks ago when some of our fan base were uh, completely spontaneously combusting just because we'd lost games against some of the best teams in the country and in Europe. Uh, so now. We're 
we've got a win against Brentford, we've got a draw against Milan, two clean sheets. If we're going to beat Sheffield United at the weekend, suddenly all those fans will be telling everybody we're going to win the league. That's football for you these days. Uh, Asif says the name change isn't an issue. We know the money's going to the club. Financial fair play rather than the advertising about Ashley with no money invested. Asif. Exactly. And you got a, a vote of approval there from Mitch. Uh, we always get some we always get some really good, strong questions on a Friday. Tim says, question for the Mitchells. What sauce do they have on their steaks? For example, peppercorn. Mitch, are you a peppercorn kind of guy? Oh, you're on mute, Mitch. You're on mute. I prefer a, gar- a garlic compound butter. A garlic compound butter? Yes. That was a, that's quite a sophisticated answer, isn't it? Oh, George, yeah, I have both. <laughs> oh, I'm, I'm, I'm a definitely a peppercorn uh, sauce man. Definitely. Uh, without doubt, yeah. Yeah, me too as well. I do like a bit of peppercorn. Okay, uh, George and um, Mitch will be back with me uh, on Sunday morning, uh, half past nine with the professionals. We won't have Stu this weekend. He is uh, unable to do the shows on Sunday and I can't do the show tomorrow. Uh, So the professionals will be half past nine on Sunday morning. So we'll be looking ahead, obviously, to the Sheffield United game and looking at whatever's in the headlines. There's always something to talk about with, with regards to Newcastle United. Tomorrow um, is those were the days. So those of you who enjoy our retro look back, me and George uh, discussed quite a few weeks ago now uh, the 1987-88 season. And if you remember, that was the last time Newcastle United won at Wembley. Who scored? Who we were playing? They'll be scratching your head, some of you out there. Which which wonderful cup was it in? Uh, well, all will be revealed at 10 mm-hmm. o'clock in the morning on those were the days, uh, and uh, tune in to see me and George uh, wax lyrical about uh, a wonderful season that season. Uh, but for now, it is thanks to everybody in the chat, thanks to the moderator. There's over 450 watching at one point. Thanks to Mitch, thanks to George, thanks to Steve. Have a great weekend. Don't let the football spoil us, and we'll see you back here for a live show on Sunday, half past nine Sunday morning. Take care, lads. Cheers, everyone. Cheers. We still do seven NUFC matters show a week for free. But if you want to help support NUFC Matters, then there are a few ways of doing it. Hit the like button on each live broadcast and video. This helps the channel grow. Hit the subscribe button and select the all notifications bell so you don't miss a single show. If you want to help us financially, then you can join the channel using this button with the membership starting at $1.99 a month. Or you can drop us a donation in the chat using a super sticker. We're also looking for sponsors. If you'd like your brand advertised on the flies for the show and featured during the ad break, then email john at nufcmatters.com to arrange today.